Jesus famously said, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full or have it in abundance. And that's what we're going to be thinking about today, this idea of abundant life as part of our Rise Up, Live Easter Now sermon series. So an opening question for you to consider, whether with a friend on the other end of a phone or with the people that you're living with, what is abundant life? Or who do you think of when you think of someone having abundant life? Discuss. I really hope a few people came to mind. Me and Soph, um, as part of our lockdown entertainment series, have been watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we've been really taken by the character of Iron Man. Um, Tony Stark is Iron Man. And there's this famous scene in one of the Avengers, one of the Avenger films where Captain America says to him, who would you be if you didn't have that suit on? And Tony Stark, Tony Stark's response as Iron Man is genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. Sometimes I think about abundant life being limitless resources. But when Jesus talks about abundant life, I don't think he means in the Tony Stark, Iron Man, abundant life kind of way. I think he has a different picture for us of what abundant life is. So I'd like you to grab your Bibles and we're going to read from John 10 for our Bible reading today. It says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech But the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to rob, kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. With the exception of last week, our preaching has been focused a lot on the Gospel of John. And we've talked about how in this Gospel there are a series of what are known as I am sayings. 
which Jesus uses to um, build on a 2,000-year-old statement that Moses heard in the, in the desert when he was um, receiving his call to go and lead the people of Israel um, to freedom out of slavery in Egypt. And when Moses asks God, who appears in the form of this burning bush, who shall I say has sent me? The voice that comes back to him says, say, I am who I am has sent you. Um, and now in this passage, what we have is Jesus building on that pass on, on that ancient statement saying, I am the good shepherd. And this little phrase, I am the good shepherd, I believe, um, is a, a, an important key for us as we think about it, uh, abundant life and what it means for us to, um, have life in all its fullness. So over the next little while, we're going to spend some time thinking about um, what this phrase, I am the good shepherd, tells us about who Jesus is. We're going to think a little bit about how, how it can show us what abundant life is. And we're going to think about um, how we can step into that offer of abundant life. So that's where we're heading. So firstly, who Jesus is. Jesus is the good shepherd. In verses two, three and four, it says this. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And listen to this. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, not behind. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Um, I'm now about to amaze you with my knowledge of ancient Israeli shepherding. Um, back in those days, um, uh, a shepherd wouldn't employ a sheepdog. Um, and this is still true of uh, the Palestinian shepherds today. But rather what a shepherd would do was would name all the different sheep that they were tending. So you might have Fluffy and Patch and uh, Shorty and Lanky, um, all these different names for the sheep. And they would recognize the shepherd's voice. Um, and this was really important because um, uh, a shepherd would walk out in front of his sheep. He didn't use dogs to scare them into submission or to make them gather behind him, but rather a shepherd would walk out in front of them and he would, um, he would use a song to, um, keep them in line and they'd be listening to his voice. And, and that song would be like a, a cross between like a, uh, a yodeling and maybe the song of a sperm whale. Uh, I'd love to try and do an impression for you, but I don't feel that. That's entirely appropriate, but you can kind of almost imagine this slightly otherworldly song that was unique for the shepherd and the sheep would tune into it. And so it meant that whenever they wandered off and they just had to listen for the shepherd's voice and he would guide, that voice would guide them back so they were walking on the right path. And then in our reading, we see that there's a um, a gate and a gatekeeper and a pen. Now, this is a particular type of sheep pen that would have been in, it would have been like the town sheep pen where all the shepherds from that town, they would allow their sheep to rest there overnight when they're back, they've come back from the wilderness. And those sheep wouldn't have been marked with red or blue paint, maybe like sheep are today. Um, no, the way that the shepherds 
would separate their sheep out the next morning. And the way the gatekeeper would know that it's really a shepherd and not a thief or a robber is because the shepherd would simply come out and he would call his sheep by name. Fluffy, lanky, shorty, patch. And then those sheep would come out and be led off again by their shepherd. Now, I just want us to tune in for this, to this for a moment. Because Jesus is using this picture of him being the good shepherd as a picture for us to understand what it means to follow him. Let's tune in to the fact that the creator of the universe calls every man, woman and child in our town by name. Let's tune in for a moment and realize that the maker of the universe calls you by name. That he's got a, a, a song that he's singing for you to tune into so you can find the right path and walk with him. So a question for you to consider um, where you are. Um, have you ever heard Jesus speak to you? Have you, have you ever heard God speak to you? And if so, what was the last thing he said? And have you done anything about it? It's not a straightforward question, is it, to answer, but I hope there were some moments there that you could consider and when you could put your finger on the fact that Jesus really has been speaking to you and calling you by name. Part of Jesus being the good shepherd is that he calls his sheep to be attentive to his voice. And I think that that gives us a clue to what um, abundant life looks like. And so in that sort of second part of what we consider today, what does Jesus mean by abundant life? I think he's inviting us into a life that's marked by attention, not distraction. That he invites us to a life where we are present and not that we're escaping from. It's a life of attention, not distraction. So why does um, attending to Jesus's voice look like? Why, do, why does that look like um, abundant life? Well, the other day I was cycling past the park up by a church and I saw a dad there and he was, um, I, th I think you could call it playing football with his kids, um, and uh, which he probably shouldn't have been doing in lockdown anyway. But he was there and um, he was just stood on his phone like just reading and typing away. And he had these little kids that were running around next to him. And every now and then the ball would kick him. And without looking up from his phone, he would just sort of kick the ball away. Um, and then the, the little kids would keep on playing and, and the, he would be giving his, um, he'd be distracted from his children by his device. Now, anybody who has had uh, children will probably know that sense of um, being a little bit distracted when your kids are playing. Um, but we are so easily distracted and can miss out on some of the most precious moments. Jesus wants our attention because he wants to shape us 
wants to mold us into people who can be present with him, attentive to his love in our hearts, so we can be a more effective presence to the people around us. I would say this last weekend, I've probably had my best weekend of lockdown. Really sorry for those of you who, whose weekend sucked. Um, mine, mine was really good. And we, as a, um, as a family, we had pizza night on Friday. And then I set up a tarpaulin and me and the kids bivouacked in our back garden. And it was just such a precious time. We were all absolutely exhausted. I was lying in bed on the mattress. I remember um, trying to tell them a, one, a Bible story from memory. And I kept on falling asleep as I was um, t- uh, as I was telling the story. And B, my daughter was going, Daddy, stop pausing the story. Keep telling us the story and would wake me up. Um, and we had a, a slightly disturbed night, but it was a great night where we were really present with each other. And um, albeit a little bit tired the next day, but the next day was beautiful and we spent the whole day in the in the garden and then um, the kids, because they were absolutely exhausted, went down to bed really well. And me and Soph had a fantastic date night and we had a fire pit outside and could listen to the crackle of the firewood that me and the kids had collected from down by the river. And um, we ordered a curry in and me and Soph have been doing the marriage course and we had to do our listening exercise. And we were really attentive to each other. And it feels like that sort of sense of being present for each other has propelled us into this next week of lockdown, which let's face it, is even more unpleasant than lockdown has been because the weather's not very good. But it feels like we've been really strengthened in that. I think all of those little signs of being present with those closest to us, they're little signs of um, where I see the fact that I've been attentive to Jesus manifest itself in my life. If I'm attentive to him, it helps me be attentive to those around me. But the opposite is also true, that if I allow myself to be distracted by devices, by work, by um, uh, misusing substances, then, it, then it, stops, it stops me being present, but actually makes me more inclined to be distracted. It, it perpetu- perpetuates my, my ability to be distracted rather than um, the opposite. When I spend time with Jesus, it strengthens my ability to be attentive. So why listen to the voice of Jesus, the good shepherd? Well, because he helps us be attentive to each other. But more than that, um, in verse 11, it says that uh, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. We can listen to his voice and trust that it's a good voice, the voice of the one who only has good intentions for our lives because he, because our welfare is so important to him. Our wholeness, our, us being the best we can be is so important to him that he would pour himself out on a cross for us. The simple truth is your phone won't do that for you. The people who make the apps on your phone they're not, they're not looking to sacrifice themselves for you. Rather, they're looking at, at you and me as part of their commercial uh, development. We listen to Jesus, the good shepherd, because we know he has good intent for us. And it's not just because he said it. 
is because he's demonstrated to us in the power of the cross and in the power of his resurrection. So, uh, a final question for you to consider where you are. What distracts you? What is it that's stopping you listen to Jesus at the moment? I don't know about you, but I want to rise up. I want to live Easter now. I want to step into this abundant life that Jesus has put before me. I want to be somebody who is attentive, not distracted. So how can we step into this way of life? What's one thing that maybe we could try this week that will help with that? Well, again, this week I... Um, was settling down to uh, watch uh, something on TV. It had been a long day and the kids had gone down and um, it had been a productive one, you know, felt good. But as I sat down and I feel my hand reaching for the remote control, I just had this sort of like prompt from the Holy Spirit where he was saying, Greg, spend some time with me. Almost like come away with me in this moment. Before you do that, just attend to me. And as I, as I did that, as I spent time um, with the Holy Spirit, we had um, uh, some time in the scripture, just time in prayer, time reading a book that I've been going through. Um, I just felt like the Holy Spirit prompted me to spend some time praying for some specific people that I'm really fond of and getting some prophetic words for, for those guys. And as I just wrote down what verse I felt like Jesus had for those people or a little description of the picture that popped into mind when I was thinking about them, um, I, there was just this sense of stepping into my calling, stepping into this reality that God's love isn't just for me. His call isn't just for Greg Sharples but it's for all these other people in my life. And whether they're following Jesus already or not, he, he wants their attention too, and he wants to speak his words of love. And it felt such an enriching moment for me to, to just simply say yes to his call in that moment and to spend time in prayer for those folk. It, it felt really building up for me. And as I shared those words with those people in my life, by and large, the, those people really encouraged by the things that they heard. And I want to offer that to you as maybe a practice that you can try this week. And um, there's a few steps that I encourage you to follow if you are going to step into that kind of um, abundant life where you don't just receive God's call for you, but you share, you share it with those around you. And the steps are really, really simple. Um, the first one is to ask the Holy Spirit who he wants you to pray for, you know, and ask him to bring a picture to mind of, of that person, to bring their face to mind. And secondly, ask him how he wants to build that person up. We're not, we're not digging for the dirt. Do you know, we're not saying, Holy Spirit, show us the secret sin in that person that they need to repent of. There may be a time and a place for that, but it's not right now, I don't think. What we're really digging for is the gold 
So ask him that question. The Holy Spirit, how, how do you want to build this person up today? And thirdly, trust that you hear his voice. This passage that we've been reading about is all about how the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. So if you've asked the Holy Spirit to show you who to pray for, if you've asked him for a word to build that person up, I encourage you, write down the next thing that comes to mind. Write down the little picture, no matter how random or weird it might be. And then ask him if there's a a Bible verse or scripture that he wants to give you to back that up. There may be, there may not be. But having, asking that question is good practice. And then fourthly, just encourage you to pray that word. Pray that picture over the person. Declare it over them. Bill Johnson says that nothing happens in the kingdom of God without the power of declaration. You can declare victory over the lives of those around us. And if you're feeling super brave, and I hope that you are, you can share those pictures and those words with the, those, the people that you've been praying for. And I think actually that's a, a really quite important part of this. Because it means that the flow of grace, the flow of love, the flow of God's call in your life doesn't stop and stagnate with you, but rather it flows out and starts to affect and change the lives of the people around you and the lives of the people that you've been praying for. And you get to witness that and then have your own faith be built up. But I wonder, can you, can you picture what it would be like post-lockdown if We as a church or we as a group of followers of Jesus in this town, in this time, were prolific in praying, praying for and sharing words of encouragement for those who we know and love. Can you imagine what it would look like for that wave of encouragement to sweep over all those that we're connecting with? How that might change the way families are interacting, how it might breathe hope where there's despair, how it might breathe connection where there's isolation, how it might breathe freedom and a sense of liberation where there's lockdown. Can you imagine that? Can you picture that? So I invite you to step into the abundant life that the Good Shepherd has for you this week by praying for those and sharing those prophetic words. And of course, the other thing is, what else are you going to do? There's not, there's not a huge amount of other things that you can um, be amusing yourself with. So let's together attend to the shepherd's voice this week and in the weeks to come. Let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are with us now. Thank you so much that you are always speaking, that you, the good shepherd, have set things up so we can hear your voice. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would break off the distractions in our lives, that you would help us step into freedom, that you'd help us make your voice the most important voice in our lives. And even now, I pray, Lord, that you would bring to mind those people that you want us to pray for over the coming days. 
But as we picture their faces, they'd also show us the time in the day, the, the moment where we can carve out space to bring those people before ye. And we do pray, Lord, that a wave of you, of your love, of your calling would sweep over our town. And that we as your church would be strengthened and built up. And that those who don't know you would connect with you in a way they never thought possible. Help us attend to your voice. Jesus, our good shepherd. Amen. Oh,